tell you what we'll do. Let it come in quietly. Hello and welcome to Too Much Time On Our Hands, a theatrical cut. This is part two of our Kate Winslet special where we're talking about our favourite Kate films and roles. I'm still Terry and I'm still joined by Sonia. What did you think of the England game, Sonia? It was alright, wasn't it? Yeah, 6-1 win over Panama. Just alright? Well, yeah, I guess I'm happy with that. It's a lovely game, lovely goals. Did you enjoy the cane penalties? Yes. I, I I was out in the garden, I didn't watch any of it if I'm honest. She was so excited she's forgotten it happened. Okay, I'm going to drop that now because it's a little bit high-pitched for me. That was Kate singing a song, Terry. That is Kate wins it with a top 10 hit What If from the film Christmas Carol, which I thought was actually Anastasia, but it was the Christmas Carol. We looked it up. Um, well, let's just be clear. I actually knew that it okay, was from a Christmas Carol. You challenged Carol. me. We checked it and you were right. I argued that you were wrong. and uh, As usual, I was right. Um Okay, so a little bit of interesting trivia about Kate singing. So that, that film, it's not... What what version of A Christmas Carol is it's it? It's an animated version. Yeah, but not the Disney animated no. version. Um, starring Jim Carrey, who, of course, was in a film called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I might have mentioned. It's all tied together. Last week, yeah. Was it Seven Degrees of Separation? Something yeah. to do with... Uh, what's his face? Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, anyway, any road up. Kate was singing. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was a little bit... For me, um, I probably wouldn't not listen enough to it thrash again. metal for you. I'm not, probably not going to listen to that song ever again. Uh, but a little bit of interesting um, singing trivia, if you like. I saw online that uh, Kate presented an episode of Saturday Night Live, um, and the week before, apparently Ashley Simpson had been on um, doing a song and dance Blast number. From the past, Ashley Simpson. I believe it was Ashley Simpson uh, doing a song and dance number, but to a backing track, and it, it messed oh, yeah, up I and it all went that. horribly wrong. Yeah. And Almost. She does like a really weird dance because she's at, so out of sync. I, d- I don't know. Um, I haven't seen it. I just read read this when I was uh, researching Kate for this uh, episode. Uh, apparently, as maybe a little like rub it in, um, Kate then went on the next week to do her um, presenting duties and sung and danced live. Um, <laughs> they're just going to go look at me. I'm not even a singer. And a I'm two doing finger it salute. Absolutely. Uh, so as Terry said, we're here for part two of um, our Kate-a-thon. Uh, before we start, Terry, I've got a, uh, a question for you. Fire We've away. We've had a bit of feedback from someone. Let me just double check my messages. About Kate or a previous pod? About a previous pod. Um... Someone else calling me wrong. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> no, no, no. It's nothing like that. Uh, a guy called Dan got in touch. Not Dan from the mother pod. Uh, different Dan. Turns out there's more than one person <gasps> in the world called Dan. Who, Who knew? knew? Jinx. Jinx. Oh! <laughs> Yay. That is the campus bit of the podcast we've ever <laughs> recorded. Um, so this isn't the, the question that, um, that I had for you, but Dan sent me something else. He's listening. Um, when talking about the Poseidon adventure, um, do you remember I was saying I felt like I'd seen yeah. a bit where you were talking about a woman swimming underwater? 
And he said, I wonder if Sonia is thinking about the Doctor Who Christmas special on the Space Titanic. There's a bit where an overweight woman turns out to be a rodeo champion and lassoes a rampaging angelic yeah. android. Is that the one with Kylie in it? Yeah. That's definitely what I'm thinking about Yeah, that's about got them. Poseidon. I hadn't actually thought, about, yeah, that's very Poseidon-y. Um, that's definitely what I was thinking about. Thank you, Dan. Um, yes. Um, but the other question, which I believe Could Dan I just posed... Sub note with oh, a, no, I've got... Strangely, I've got a fact that I was work, trying to work out how I could get it into this. But as you've just mentioned Doctor Who, Kate Winslet was actually the first actress approached to play River Song. Oh, I knew that. Um, but couldn't do it, which I don't know how the part would have gone because when River Song was rewritten, it was like a one-off, non-recurring mm. character. And because she did well, they brought her back. Mm. So perhaps if Kate had had the role... She wouldn't, she wouldn't have, have come back, yeah. But um, interesting. Doctor but yeah, I did actually know that. Now, the other uh, question, not that actually wasn't a question, but the question that I had, which I believe is from the very same Dan, um, when we were doing our remakes episode, we were talking about it. Yes. Um, I don't have this written down and I wasn't sent the message directly. So I apologize if I'm asking the question wrong, Dan, but this is how I understand it. Why did we consider the newer version of it to be a remake of the older version of it and not a book adaptation of Stephen King's it. I think that could be said for a lot of remakes though. <clears throat> yeah. That are based on a source material, but But specifically, when we were talking about that, we were we were constantly referring to it as a remake of the original film. Surely it's an adaptation of Stephen King's It. I know my my I'm I'm classing it as a remake of the yeah. original film It because everything that you and I um watch listen to read follow on social media all of the the stuff that we're into it was definitely that film is a remake of the original yeah, i mean it, the people never, making it were calling it a remake it was never spoken about in the sense of we're adapting adapting the book they were like we are remaking the yeah the original film i mean that's um, potentially just because in these times it is all about remakes and they want people to know it's a remake whereas if we weren't so heavy on that maybe they would be oh yeah no it's just a new version because obviously it is they are quite different but mainly from the technical standpoint where they could do a lot more with this one but yeah for me it would be a remake of the yeah 1990s that's, that's, TV exact, special. that's exactly how i felt about it for i mean we do well, at some point we will be talking about book adaptations and if i was to talk about an adaptation of it i would talk about the original one mm. um and i still consider the newer version of it to be a remake of the original film and not an adaptation of the book um that's just no, I how agree. i look at it but um because for example there were versions of um there's obviously a lot of versions of a christmas carol but i never yeah. consider that any of those no, are remakes of the very first film version of a christmas and carol. romeo and juliet i consider all of those to be adaptations of the book but i felt that when the the remake of it was being made it was always referred to like you say even by the people mm. making the film that they were remaking the original i feel film. like as well potentially a lot of the audience for this film will never have read that book so that's perhaps Possibly. why they were saying we're remaking this film, we're not making the book. Because yeah. obviously, as we said, it's a 47-hour audio book, so that's potentially part of it as well. Yeah, but not everyone not everyone gets through their books like that, Terry. No, but I'm just saying, like, even like an audio book, yeah. it's 47 okay. hours, so let alone yeah, yeah. Re sat reading it. Um, cool. Right, should we go straight back in? Let's crack on. Okay, so we finished last week's episode um, with Kate's brilliant turn in the um, extras her talking um, about her purple-headed womb ferret. Oh, God. Or, oh, sorry, her partner's purple-headed womb ferret. Yeah, she hasn't got one. Um, 
not that we know of i mean she might just have a very tight tuck but <laughs> um, buffalo bill style um so yeah that was in 2005 we're gonna go straight to 2006 with a film that i haven't seen but i know terry has and terry bloody loves it it's little children so yeah so i would possibly go on record as saying this is my favorite kate film so it's very like under recognized it was she was oscar nominated for it but i don't feel like a lot of people know what it's about i remember at the time she's naked on the cover isn't she, she she's naked on the cover with patrick that. wilson yeah um so it's set I mean, it's set sort of can, we, can i just say something very quickly before you start can we not have another david gale okay fair okay. enough because uh, so I actually want to watch this. I think the highest <laughs> praise I can give for this film, as we've said many times, we talk about run times and like picking short films. This film is two hours and ten minutes, and I've watched it multiple times. Ooh. When I rewatched it for this, because of as we've said, we both well, I don't have a hectic social life. I've got a daughter who <laughs> takes up a lot of time um, in a good way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. So I've quite often I've been watching the films in chunks as opposed to sat in one go. Yeah. It was 10 o'clock at night and I thought, I'll get 45 minutes of that done and then I'll go to bed. I watched the whole thing. Mm. It kept me awake. I didn't drift off at any point. It's just a very gripping drama slash, I mean, I guess there's a thriller element to it. So we've got Sarah is Kate's character. She's a housewife with a young daughter. It's quite a weird film. So the film has a narration over the top, but it's by someone. It's not by a character. It's the narrator, narrator yeah. uh, which apparently it's a famous narrator of another American show but okay. I don't know who he is I'm going to um, look it up whilst you're talking so he just explains what's going on so the narrator explains that basically she decided that she wasn't going to put she wanted to bring up her daughter essentially and gave up work basically she's not happy with that she regrets it but obviously she's never going to admit it her daughter I don't think she's particularly hard work, but she feels like her daughter's hard work. As with any child, they give their mum and dad a lot of shit. The father is very, very rarely seen. He's basically only got one scene where he's caught masturbating to some pornography by Kate Winslet, and that sort of signals the end of like her love for him, not that there was really any there anyway. So she, obviously, with lots of other mums in the area, they go to the local park every day, and then one day they're there, and Patrick Wilson turns up with his young son, and all the other mums know of him before. Apparently he used to live in the town when he was younger and they moved back recently. And there's obviously this whole hoo-ha about the fact that he's, he's a stay-at-home dad and Jennifer Connolly, who's playing his wife in the film, goes off to work. And there's obviously all the women fancy him because he's a handsome young man, but they've never, ever spoken to him. And they dare Kate to try and get his phone number. Mm. So she goes over, he's on the swing with his son. She puts her daughter on the swing and they get chatting and she basically comes out with it and just says, oh, my friends have bet me $5 that I can't get your phone number. So can you give me your phone number? I'll split it 50-50. Ha, ha, ha. So he's just like, I haven't got a pen. I'll go one better. So he gives her a hug. And there's sort of, <gasps> amongst the three. And then for whatever reason, he then throws in a kiss on the lips as they're parting. And she's like taken aback. And then basically we go our separate ways from those two characters. So he's called Brad in this. And again, I say, he's... He's a stay-at-home dad. He's clearly not happy with that role. He has passed his exams to be a lawyer, but he hasn't passed the bar exam, which you need to do to become a practicing lawyer. And he's failed it multiple times as he's sort of unhappy with his life. And basically, the two of them are both constantly thinking about this kiss and this moment that happened, but just never bump into each other again. And then they bump into each other again. And... How much time has passed? Oh, like weeks. It's oh, not okay. like It's not like months, but... 
um they end up bumping into each other at the swimming pool um where sort of everyone just sort of goes it's not like a modern setting but it's not like a sort of old setting like there's no mobile phones in it but it's not like set in the 50s or anything mm. like that um and basically they become friends their kids become friends and there's very much a will they, won't they. There's clearly a connection. He's thinking about her. She's thinking about him. She buys herself like a really sexy swimsuit. I say sexy. It's, like, it's not a bikini. It is a swimsuit. And quite a nice bit towards the end of the film because they go to the pool every day because they want to see each other. She has like a really bad tan lines, which I just thought was just like a nice little nod to the fact that she's always in the swimsuit. Um, so yeah, so they have that. And it's, it's basically like a search for happiness on both of them. It's like they're unhappy at home. I mean... I don't think it's a spoiler to say eventually they do give in to their urges. <coughs> Hashtag spoiler alert. I mean, that's about halfway through the film. And it's, there is, so it becomes about, it's about their relationship. It's, are they just happy with what they've got? Do they actually love each other? Are they going to run away together? And that's sort of where the film then progresses on. There is a subplot within the film where it's, up until halfway through it's very much just spoken about and there's things in the background a man who's he's referred to as a paedophile but I don't think it's ever explicitly said what he did he's on the register yeah so he's just oh, been released sorry I'm not sure <laughs> that was the chair by the way um, I just I just need to um, change some charging cables over so yeah. Terry carry on but if you can hear noise that's yeah. what I'm doing apparently in the book he's a child murderer and rapist but I feel like in this they didn't quite go as far with him with that <clears throat> So throughout it, you sort of see him. And then it's halfway through the film that we meet him. So he turns up at the swimming pool and obviously everyone goes mad. The police ask him to leave. And we sort of follow him for a bit where he's just been released. His his mother's the only person who actually sort of gives him any credit. Even himself, I think he just wants to stay at home. But his mother's very much like, you need to go out. You need to get alive. She puts him on like... I mean, the version of a dating website, you know, where you used to write into a paper and say, like, what you Don't were looking for. Don't talk to me for. about dating websites. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Where you you put, like, a little ad in the paper, like, Lonely Hearts columns, and it sort of follows him. But his arc is very powerful, very sad, very dark. Um, well, he's a pedo. What's he dark? I mean, he goes on the date. I won't spoil his archetype. Hold on. So I have been doing something else. A pedo's gone on a date? Yeah. Like, like I say, it's not a not, child. No, with Ooh. a woman. So it's not expressly said like what he's done. It's just everyone dislikes him immensely, apart from his mother. But he goes on a date with this woman who obviously doesn't know. And uh, during well, hope not. during the meal, like he's really lovable. He's really charming to her. And you're thinking, like, oh, like this is the redemptive arc starting. She's driving him home, and they're like having a nice conversation. Like, oh, should we meet up again? And he just sort of says, oh, pull off onto this road here. And you think there's gonna be a nice thing. And they're sat talking and he just starts masturbating and staring at her and just says, Don't ever fucking tell anyone what happened and then he gets out of the car. Uh, so it shows his his nasty side again. And that's what can happen when you meet people on dating websites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking from personal experience. <laughs> that was very much a vibe I was getting. Imagine um, it. Just imagine. So yeah, so his arc continues and there is like a, an interchange between or a crossing of paths between Sarah and Brad as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's such an, it's got a sort of American beauty style vibe where, okay. you know, it's sort of like family drama, things happening, all colliding. I mean, there's not some Pratt film. Yeah, there's not someone filming a fucking bag in the wind. Um, I can't, does 
American Beauty have a narration, like voiceover. We're not talking about American Beauty. No, but... I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long, long time. Yeah, no, nor have I. And obviously probably never will again now because of Kevin Spacey. Um, But we need it for all of us. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's just... So it's not... I mean, it's not the sort of film that I would associate with myself or people would probably associate with because it is just a nice drama between... It's just a well-written drama. All the characters are really well fleshed out, really well acted. So Kate was Oscar nominated for this. And to be honest... Uh, she lost out to someone that I probably would have given it, this to her over. Who it. did she lose out to? She lost out to Marion Cotillard for Levion Rose. Yes, I haven't seen that. I've not seen that either. But Marion is well but good. It's one of those things, though, is it? Where when you're playing a real person, it yeah. gives you the it's extra like edge. Shoeing, isn't it? Yeah. Kate always gets done over, doesn't she? Yeah, it's playing someone real or doing like proper body transformation stuff, and it like losing a lot of weight, gaining a lot of weight. That Wearing tends a body to suit. yeah, that tends to get. Get Gary the, Oldman. Get the eye, yeah. Um, right, are we done with that? Uh, yeah, so I'd just say, I'd just say, it is a long film, but it's well worth sticking with it. It is just a really, really nice drama. With, actually a drama quite a, with a bit of pedo and porn in it. A bit of pedo and like actually like a nice ending as well, or like a, a satisfying ending. Uh, okay. Um, okay, we're very going to quick... Uh, <laughs> can't <laughs> get my words out. We're going to very quickly touch on one that Terry has seen. I don't think he's a massive fan of 2006, The Holiday. Just very quickly, second time she plays a character called Iris. Huh? Lovely stuff. So it's not a film I dislike. It's not a film that I would go to. Uh, it's one that my wife likes very much. So it, it's it's become a Christmas film. It's just set at Christmas. It doesn't because have it's a... called The Holiday. Yeah. So she plays Iris, apparently. And then you've got Cameron Diaz, who plays... I, I someone don't know. else but yeah she's a big Hollywood she makes tra- she cuts the trailers for films and basically okay. they do a basically like an Airbnb they swap houses for the holidays so Kate goes off to America Cameron comes down to England Kate Winslet's brother is played by Jude Law who has like gets to know Cameron Diaz and Jack Black is someone who worked with Cameron Diaz who gets to know Kate Winslet uh, there's quite a nice bit where she gets to know the neighbour of Cameron Diaz, who's like this really old actor who no one remembers, but he like won loads of awards when he was younger and stuff like mm. that. And, she, and there's like a nice bond between those. It's sort of, I mean, it's sort of a standard rom com. It's yeah. it's well acted by everyone in it. I'm not a massive Jude Law fan, but this is one oh. of the film. This is one of the films I can sort of stand him in. No, it's funny, funny you say say that because I like Jude Law. Um, and when I talk about my Kex file, it will come up. Um, but I didn't think he was great in it. But um, Dan did actually say to me, "Oh, blimey, you like Jude Law, don't you?" Because I was just, I, I must have been sort of like swooning at the screen or yeah. something. But yeah, I like Jude Law. I just find him a bit smug. Um, but yeah, no, perfectly decent film. So it, a lot of people do love it, and it's part of a lot of people's like Christmas collections where they watch it every year. Um, um, yeah, I've I've actually got it as part of my yeah, Christmas. I would never I seen it. I would never put it on, mm. but it's not one that if Gemma if, wanted to put on, I would say, oh yeah. god, put something else on. I'd, I would happily be in a room with it on, and I would probably end up watching it, but I would never choose to put it on. So I do have it as part of my Christmas film collection. Um, the reason I didn't watch it in preparation for this is because it's over two hours long, Terry. Is it really? Two hours, ten minutes, that fucker is. It's one of the longest ones, actually, in the Kate Files. Is it? Because I obviously put them in time order, to yeah. watch it, apart from Titanic, which I watched first. Um, okay, can we move on from the holiday? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so moving on uh, to 2006 is one of the ones that I picked for my top five, um, in which Kate does a voice. It's flushed away. Um, Lovely film. It's Ardman's first fully uh, CGI film. Um, and Kate does the voice of Rita, who is a sewer rat. Um, Typecast. I- 
I love Flushed Away. Um, I've not seen it for a long time. Yeah. So it came out in 2006, so it's 10, 12 years old. Um, and it is, I just, it's just one of those films where the the gags for the grown-ups are, are plentiful. Yeah. Uh, the reason it was uh, fully CGI as opposed to Arben's normal uh, stop motion technique is because it's set in the sewers and because there's so much water and a uh, just creating water stop motion is incredibly time consuming and doesn't look great so they decided to go full on CGI so if you're not if you don't know the story of uh, Flushed Away it uh, centres around a character called Roddy who's voiced by Hugh Jackman who um, is a pet rat but he lives in Kensington or Knightsbridge or whatever he's he's very well looked after he's a upper class rat um, and long story short he ends up getting flushed down the toilet and he ends up in the sewer and he's desperate to get to escape to get back up to his old life and he meets Rita um, and he enlists her help but she wants paying blah 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 there's um, like a, a I guess like a mob boss who lives down there the frog um, who's voiced by Ian, Ian McKellen. McKellen yeah um and he hates, um, he doesn't differentiate between mice and rats. He just wants rid of all of them and he wants to flush them away. Um, and it's it's just a very charming, funny film. Um, and there's just so many great like voice actors in it. Um, and it, it, it's, just, it's just really lovely. And there's just loads of gags. And I watched it again in preparation for this and was sat watching it on my own, having a little like laugh out loud. And I have got a few little... Um, bits that i'd like to talk about so the first thing um is the slugs which appear in it so when roddy is first flushed down the toilet so what happens is um um a sewer rat comes up yeah and tricks him, out of his it? Yeah. toilet and i can't remember who uh, shane richie's the yeah voice. shane richie's the voice but i can't remember what the rat's called but anyway um and he tricks him and he ends up flushing he ends up flushing Roddy down the toilet. When toy- uh, when Roddy first lands in the sewer, the first thing he sees is a slug and Roddy screams. So the slug screams and the slug's got a really high-pitched yeah. scream. And it, it turns out that Hugh Jackman actually did both screams. Uh-huh. He did his own scream and then he did the really like, ah, high-pitched slugs. And then Roddy screams again and the slug screams again. Then Roddy screams again and the slug screams again. And the slug is really terrified and tries to run away. But because he's a slug, yeah. he moves away like really slowly. And... um. And it's hilarious. So when they did that, they obviously created that scene and realised sort of how funny it was. They were like, we've got to put more slugs in. And the slugs just pop up all the time and they do like little musical numbers. And they're just really funny. One of my favourite bits is towards the end when like some good stuff happens. These two slugs look at each other and go, hey, high five. And then they realise that they have nothing to high five with. Um, So that was kind of fun. Um, But the frog has these two henchmen who are called Whitey and Spike. And they are voiced by by Bill Nye and Andy Serkis. Yeah, so um, the Bill Nye one is like very big and broad. Um, it's a bit of a hard man, but it's it's obviously like a little bit, um, a little bit dense possibly. Um, but he sort of captures Roddy and Roddy's just like, no, 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 I'm just an innocent bystander. I'm just an innocent bystander. Because then he then takes him to the frog and he said, I've captured this guy. His name is apparently Millicent Bystander, which just amused me <laughs> like no end. 
And then the other bit where they're chasing, they're chasing after some people and Spike and uh, Whitey. Like, what, I don't know which one says which bit. He goes, danger is my middle name. And he goes, I thought it was Leslie. <laughs> and I just love the fact that these little, like, um, like gangster rodents living in sewers have got middle names that are Leslie. Um, but yeah, there's there's loads of love. I mean, it's, it's classic sort of like Ardman looking. You know, it's got the, it looks like Wallace and Gromit, basically. But rather than stop motion it's computer animation and it just looks really good it's super funny um rita is a little badass in it um she doesn't take any shit from anyone and it's a great film if you've got kids watch it if you haven't got kids it's still like super super entertaining i'd highly recommend it Okay, then, from the dizzying, hilarious heights of Flushed Away, Terry's going to bring us crashing back down to earth and tell us about The Reader. So, yeah, slightly different tack, The Reader, to Flushed Away. Not so much of the animation and the lols. Um, So, The Reader sees Kate playing Hannah uh, in 1950s Germany, I think. It it flicks between the 70s, the 50s, and I think it ends in the 90s. Uh, So, it starts mainly with Ralph Fiennes, who's playing a grown-up German man who's now a lawyer and I can't remember I've literally just watched him but I can't remember what makes him start to think back but he thinks back to when he was younger in his days in Germany and he's on the bus he's feeling really really sick he's on his way to school he jumps off the bus and he's sat in just like a little lane and he's throwing up and a woman Kate Winslet's Hannah turns up throws some water across his sick and then basically tells him to be on his way uh, and then he finds out that he's got scarlet fever or some such quite horrible disease and he ends up being bedridden for three months. The story pretty much skips the three months and it's him now going back to school and being a nice, well-brought-up young German man, he goes to find this lady to say thank you for his help. She's... Huh? Her, her help. What did I say? His help. Well, we categorically know she is a woman because we see a lot. We see it all. <laughs> <laughs> to quote... Uh, Patrick Stewart in extras. Um, <laughs> so he goes to say thank you. She's quite brash, quite abrasive about it. She's just like... Sounds like me. Yeah, she's just basically, I tried to help you. And essentially they strike up a bit of a friendship. He reads to her, strangely, going she for the title. She likes it, doesn't she? Yeah, she likes being read to. And the relationship does blossom into more. And it does become a sexual relationship, which he's, I think, meant to be 15. And I'm not sure how old... Kate's character is meant to be I'm assuming at least late 20s because of what she's meant to have done in the latter part of the film so Mm. quite the difference but they have a bit of a whirlwind summer romance have a lovely time and they end up and this is set where in Germany and what's the age of consent it's it's rape it's statutory rape yes but people tend to turn a blind eye when it's older woman don't they doesn't seem to be viewed as quite as badly um uh, so yeah, so they have a world romance, they have like days away, he's basically not going to school, he's not seeing his friends, he's just spending time with Kate and basically it's almost like he's exchanging reading for sex because at one point like they'll do stuff and then read and then it becomes no you have to read first and then we'll do other stuff. Um, and then we cut, say so it's constantly cutting between young Michael and old Michael played by Ralph Fiennes um, and then it cuts to him, He's they have a a breakup so to speak where it ends quite bad and he just doesn't see her it then cuts to him at law school and he's going to a trial for war crimes from the second world war it would have been 
Um, and he's quite stunned to see that Hannah is on trial as part of this trial where she worked in a concentration camp on behalf of the Germans being not very nice to people. Um, which obviously it's a bit of a shock for him. He doesn't want to give the game away or anything like that. So he sort of struggles on by himself. Um, just looking a bit odd and his his classmates knowing that something's up. Uh, his teacher is played by Bruno Garns, who's famous for playing Hitler in Downfall, just as a little bit of Ooh. symmetry. Exactly, yes. And so through the trial, we find out that she worked at a concentration camp um, and obviously horrible things happened. But a bigger thing that happened was for some reason they were storing all of the the women and children in a church. The church caught fire during a storm and they elected to leave the church locked and obviously everyone burned to death. Um, Dreadful. I mean, I don't really... I mean, I've spoiled every other film, so shall I spoil this one as well? What, do you have to? I don't have to, no. Well, but there's not really a lot more to go on with that. So basically, Did she... you enjoy it? Not as much the second time around. The first time... <laughs> not a happy watch. Have no. you thought about watching Flushed Away? Yes. <laughs> uh, definitely have something happier lined up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I to mean, dilute the misery. Uh, I mean, the one up point, Kate did win, finally win her Oscar for the Yay. reader. In parallel, was two extras where she did a Holocaust film and she did win an Oscar. And I would say, out of all of her nominations, this would probably be my least favourite Kate performance. Um, could you... Whilst we're on the subject, can you tell me what um, other, nomina- other Oscar nominations? Yeah. I can indeed. So she's had three for supporting actress, which was Sense and Sensibility, yeah. Iris, and Steve Jobs, which we I haven't, haven't seen. About yeah, yet. I haven't seen Steve Jobs, but I definitely go for. Um, I say Iris is definitely. A sh- and then for good actress, shout. Titanic, yep. Eternal Sunshine, Little Children, and <coughs> then this. Yeah, I haven't seen Little Children. Sorry, I haven't watched it yet. Um, yeah, she's made some alright films, hasn't she? But it's not a bad performance. She does, she has quite a nice. It's not like a thick German accent, but she definitely has changed her voice to be a bit German. Um, but again, I think it is like she says in extras. Be, and we talked about it before when we were talking about Oscar films, and we talked about you said Mad Max couldn't be an Oscar film because it's Mad Max, mm. and I feel like The Reader is just an Oscar film immediately yeah. because of what it's set, what, what it's, it's about. about. Yeah, and that just immediately puts it in people's minds because, say, for me, pretty much I would have taken any of those over this performance as an Oscar performance. And strangely, with this film as well, for every other award ceremony other than the Oscars, this was an, a supporting actress nomination yeah, that she so got. Yeah, so can you... So the film that came out in the same year that we're not going to talk about it because neither of us have watched it recently is Revolutionary Road, which came out in the same year as her uh, coming back together with... Reunion uh, with Leo. Leonardo. Um Tell us about the um, the award situation with those two films. So for pretty much every other, say, award ceremony, she was Best Actress for Revolutionary Road and Supporting Actress for The Reader. Nominated for. Nominated for. Uh, she, I think she won a, a mixture of things. Like For some, she won for The Revolutionary Road. For some, she won hmm. uh, for The Reader. And there was a big push by the, pe- by the makers of The Reader to make sure she got the Supporting Actress nod for this film because they thought that she'd struggle to get the supporting actress against Revolution Road because you can't be nominated twice in the same category for um, the Oscars for the Oscars and yet somehow they flipped it around and they put her up for supporting for actress for this and I don't think she was even nominated for Revolutionary Road I'm not sure if they flipped it completely and she was put up for supporting actress for Revolutionary Road but again I would probably take Revolutionary Road as a performance I mean I haven't seen 
it since it came out. Another very happy film. And I don't think I've seen the reader since it came out, but I seem to recall that I preferred the reader. It, but so I haven't rewatched Revenge Road, so maybe I would have the same feeling I'm having now of it was not as good on the second watch. Um, possibly because I was as well. I was binge watching Kate obviously throughout the week, so mm. I literally had her other performances as a literal backup to there. I, it's not like I was remembering back. It's like, I mean, when I watched the reader, Little Children, and Friday Neverland on the same day, mm. and I would definitely take either of those performances over this. Not that this is bad. It's just it a bit like we were talking about with uh, Anne Hathaway as well, like reaching for the Oscar, and this is like a an Oscar baiting kind of a film just because of its subject matter and I mean that's not a bad thing but I just feel like it was just one of those things that she won because it was about the holocaust not because she was necessarily better than she's ever been before Mm. but she won it she was very happy I was very happy for Kate to win an Oscar finally to get the monkey off her back I don't think she was particularly fussed about it but you could clearly see there was relief in the fact that she had got one because at one point she was like the most nominated actress yeah. not to win at a certain age because um, she did have the most nominations at a certain age as well but Jennifer Lawrence has taken that now oh okay taken it, I think it was the first one to four nominations so she beat um, she beat Leo to an Oscar win she did indeed he had to wait quite some time afterwards um, do you want to tell us or do you want to tell them about the little Kate Leo facts that you just told me yeah so a couple of little facts so i obviously knew they were great friends but didn't realize quite how good of friends they were in her most recent marriage to richard branson's nephew i believe i forget his actual name, name. yeah something rock and roll I think. yeah ned i think ned rock and roll yeah. uh he actually gave her away took walked her down the leo aisle did. yeah leo not, not bear bear Who the hell i'm is making bear? names up now <laughs> i think their son might be called bear possibly uh, yeah, so Leah gave them away, gave her away, and all of her children refer to Leo as Uncle Leo. Because, That's so awesome, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, what an uncle to have. I know, right? Leo DiCaprio saving the world and bringing you nice presents, I imagine. Oh, that's lovely. Can you imagine that just being at a barbecue at the Winslets? Leo sat there playing with the kids. Rock and roll's got the chops on. <coughs> Sounds lovely. I imagine in a, a tropical island. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's in... Hemel Hempstead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Leo's dreaming bigger than that. And, and Leo Kate. trying to navigate the magic roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> Driving the wrong but way around it. the wrong it. way, yeah, yeah. But then Americans down a roundabout. No, they? they hate them. Oh, lunacy. Lunacy. Right, are we done with that? Yeah, I mean, did we want to... I mean, yeah, Revolution Road, I wouldn't know too much. Again, a very that dour film, quite a morbid plotline of... They're a, they play a couple again, but at the other end of the spectrum to Titanic, this time they're an older couple. They've had some tragedies in their relationship and it's a just sort of a drama around what's going on with them. I say I remember it being very good, but I haven't watched it. I don't think since it came out, which that's mm. got getting on for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, but no, another good film. Um, okay then, so we're going to skip for, from 2008 up to 2011 and we've got my Kex file. Um, oh, I know, exciting, right? So I originally bought Iris as a Kex file and decided I liked it too much. I was going to keep it. Um, and so I bought Contagion because I didn't think I'd seen it. Um, yellow box. Yeah, yellow box. Um, so if you don't know the story about Contagion, it's about a Contagion. Um, <laughs> and I have to try and uh, <laughs> I have to try and fix it. Um, oh, beautiful. <laughs> probably, probably the most uh, interesting 
thing that happened during it was I tried to find out the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic. Genuinely thought you were going to say I farted. <laughs> Why would I say I that? I don't know. It was just the way you were wanted. I thought you were going to say I farted. <laughs> Um, okay, so film contagion. Gwyneth Paltrow. It's got quite. A, it's got a stellar cast. All star cast. But it's then got. It... It's got like. Um, oh God, what's his bloody name? Walter White. No. Keep Jude Law. Yeah. Just doing just a shit accent. I think he's supposed to be Australian, and it's just like. Oh God, yeah, for, for no reason as well. Yeah, and it's like. Our accents aren't that different anyway. I mean, yeah. people confuse me for being Australian. Not all the time. I'm not going to say it happens on a daily basis, but quite often it's happened where people are like, oh yeah, the Australian girl. I'm like, <laughs> from fucking Watford. Um, but anyway, he does this terrible accent. I got really annoyed about it because it's just like, why either get someone Australian to do it or just let him speak. It doesn't... You feel like it was just like, well, this role's boring. I'm going to mix it up it a bit and I'm going to throw an, an Australian accent in. Um, so Gwyneth Paltrow's character comes home from a business trip and she's feeling ill. Um, and very quickly after feeling ill, she dies and so does her son. Um, um and officials realise that they've got this um, epidemic um, on their hands. I can't remember the difference between epidemic and pandemic, but Dan gave me the right version of each word. Um, and then Kate's character, um, she plays Dr. Erin Mears, is brought in to investigate what they're dealing with. Um, ultimately, Kate becomes infected. I'll let you watch the movie to see what happens uh, with regarding that. Um, as soon as I started watching it, I realised that I had seen it. Um <clears throat> So I've seen it twice now, and it's probably it's an extra time than I needed to see it. <laughs> it's not, you know, as a Kex file, Iris was much better. I got really excited because Iris was like the first Kex file I bought that I really, really loved. You yeah. seem to have all the success with the Kex files, and I seem to buy a piece of shit every week. <laughs> Contagion isn't a piece of shit. I just, I genuinely I found, it, found dull. it dull. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I found it dull. Um, and that was that. And when the best thing about a movie is the fact that it comes in a yellow case. Um, I just remember thinking, you've made a film about a contagion spreading worldwide. And all we see, it's like the admin side of a contagion. Mm. It's all offices. Yeah. And so we don't actually see the spread. I mean, I think it ends, because the whole thing is they're trying to find out where it started, aren't they? So that they can get, they need to know where it came from so they can build a cure. I feel like the very end of the film is like the opening of the film where we see her get infected. Um, but yeah, I just remember watching it because it's Steven Soderbergh and I find, other than the Oceans films, I find his films dreadfully boring. Okay. Uh, a lot of his films just seem to be very drawn out, very dull and mundane. I mean, like what was that one we saw the other, that's unlimited screening where she accidentally got locked up in a nut house. What was that Ooh. called? Um, mind sense mind it had a weird name didn't it unsane that's it yeah but it was filmed entirely on iphones and it gave me the right craps with my eyes that day <laughs> um but yeah it gave i just see the craps with your eyes yeah, i don't know where i was going with that sentence um. <laughs> as i often don't um but yeah i agree very dull contagion considering what it's about how you make a film dull i don't know um okay then moving on so yeah, but I'm not going to take... It's 50p if you want. Yeah. If it's on the telly and you've got a spare... I don't even know how long it is. But it has got a very hours. good cast. It's got a good cast, but I don't really think that... Nobody really shines in it. Um, so then we've got quite... Um, 
quite a big lump of stuff they're not seen. Although Terry, I believe, uh, has seen Labor Day, which came out in 2013. Yes. Is yeah. this the one that was on Netflix? It was. Is this, what, is this the only Kate film on Netflix? I think so, yes. Wow, how about that? So at one point, there was a potential that we were going to have to do podcasts back to back. So I picked Labor Day as my Kex file because it was on Netflix and I wasn't going to have a chance to get to Kex. Um, but changed my mind when we, we essentially didn't have to in the end, so we had the time. Uh, so this was actually... It's a film that I've n- known about for a while and it's been on my sort of to-watch list. I've never heard of it until you mentioned um, it. I think I'd seen trailers. Obviously, I'm a, as we've talked about, Josh Brolin is a, an actor we both like. Obviously, Kate is, a pers- is an actress we really like. Um, so this film is very, very good. I was really taken aback by how good it was. Um, so it's basically about Kate and James, uh, Josh Brolin, sorry, who play Adele and Frank uh, and his, her son, whose name escapes me. Um, so she is basically like a shut-in mum now. She stays entirely at home. He pops out. He does the shopping. Oh, no, they go out shopping together and she's very anxious the whole time. Mm. We don't know why she's anxious. Kate is always very sort of playing it very subtle. There's not lots of screaming and shouting. There's, it's all done with her eyes and like the panic in her. And they're doing their monthly or weekly show. Not panic, screams and shouts. Exactly, that's what I mean. But a, a lesser actress might throw that in there just to really get across that they're panicking. Um, so on one of their shopping trips, uh, the little boy happens upon James. Bro- Why do I keep saying James? Josh Brolin. It's the weather. You've gone I have funny. It. My, brain, my brain has melted. I've been in a strawberry field today. Um, they happen upon him. If you could, if you could hear a whirring in the background, we've, have, we've had to admit defeat. We've now got a fan whirring next to us. And um, it is lovely. Um, I had to pop to the other room to find an extension lead. When I came back, I found Terry draped <laughs> over the fan. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the most unpleasant things I've ever seen. And my living room now smells of corned beef. I've also had an unpleasant image put in my mind this afternoon. Let, let's <laughs> We're not, not going to say that. <laughs> no, we won't say that because no one else needs to know that. Um, I was just making a joke. <laughs> that is now burned on my retina despite the fact I haven't actually seen it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to. <laughs> oh, that'd be quite oh. the turn for the worst. Um, oh, look at us laughing at a joke that we're not going to share. What <laughs> a pair of pricks. I know, right? <laughs> Oh, self-indulgence at its best. <laughs> oh. Mega lols. Um, so anyway, back to Frank and Adele. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the boy happens upon Frank in a department store. He's got um, a cut and he's asking the boy to get him some stuff while he's in the changing rooms. And then he sort of grabs the boy and is like, who are you here with? I'm here with my mum. We're going to go and talk. To- Your mum's going to give me a lift somewhere. And he's obviously panicking because his mum is very nervous around people and he's not sure how it's going to go. It's clear that there's something wrong with this guy because he's got like this scut- He's got like this um, bandage that's bleeding through. And um, so they go and speak to the mum and he's like, oh, your son's just said that we can- you can give me a lift. Uh, and she's a bit sort of, oh, no, I don't think we can. And he basically becomes a bit more stern and says, no, 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 you're going to give me a lift. So they end up getting in the car. He sits in the back with the son, and she's obviously very nervous about this. They drive back to the house. Obviously, it's America, so she's got a massive is house. Is the dad there? Oh, the dad is off the scene. We find out a bit later on. Dad has he's moved on. Um, he's not dead. But so he... Josh Brolin's fucked off. No, Josh Brolin is the is the criminal. Oh. 
Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention at all. You were too I'm so busy, busy thinking laughing. about things. Oh. Yeah, so he, sorry, just in case, James slash Josh Brolin <laughs> is, the, is the man in the department store. Um, so yeah, they get in the car, they go back to the house. As I say, it's a massive detached house. And he basically says... Does he say it or basically find out? He's basically, he was in the hospital having his appendix removed. He was in prison and he's basically used this chance to escape. Um, that old story. And, he, and he's on the run. Uh, he's in prison for murder. He says he didn't do it. Or of course that, he does. Or that it's not what people say it is. She obviously doesn't believe him. Um, and he's just like, look, I just want to stay for the night, rest up a little bit, because he had to jump out of a second floor window to escape the hospital. Mm. Uh, and then like, I'll let them set, set themselves up and then I'll I'll leave tomorrow. Her um, house backs onto a railway. So he's like, in the morning, I'll jump on a train. I'll be gone. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. Like, I have no like, wanting to hurt you. Just let me stay. Let me eat. Uh, and then from there, basically, I can't remember why he ends up not going. I think the trains... Oh, it's because it's Labor Day weekend. Sorry. That's so where what, it gets what, its title from. What's that? what's that? So that's like a public holiday... So it's like a four-day weekend, so the trains aren't running because oh. it's Labor Day, so he has to stay a bit longer. But basically, a friendship between the boy arrives and something between Frank and Adele like comes out of nothing. What I really liked about this film was it was almost shown from the son's point of view. So this guy, let me just get this right, this guy approaches a kid in a shop. Yep. It says, tell your mum's give me a lift. Yep. He's a wrong'un. Yep. He basically kidnaps them. Yep. And forces them to... The boy ends up liking him and she ends up falling for him. Yeah. But he's a very nice man. Girls love a bad guy. It's, indeed they do. And I say, we are witnessing through flashbacks what happened to him previously to get him in jail. Hmm. Um, so we see it in little chunks. And it's basically um, like him and his wife and his child. And every time we sort of see a little bit of the, the now, it then flips back and we see a little bit more of his past. And we do find out why he ended up in prison. And then what carries on. So essentially, I say it moves on. It is from the son's point of view. So although there is a coming together with Frank and Adele. So as we said, her husband... Coming together? A literal. (laughs) um, So the husband left when they were... The husband left when the boy was young. He still sees his dad every week. His dad takes him for dinner at some restaurant with his new family. Um... Again, we see flashbacks with Kate as to what happened for them to break up. I, I don't want to spoil that because that's quite a... Oh, you don't want to spoil a film, Terry? <laughs> no. Well, I'd love to, but I won't. Um, so we see, we're sort of seeing that. We're seeing Frank's backstory. Um, and essentially, they come up with a plan that they're going to run away together as a family to Canada. There's a lovely scene where they make a pie together quite early on. It, it sounds stupid, but it's like... A, part of the bonding moment a neighbor comes and brings a load of peaches and oh it's a shame all these peaches are gonna go off and he's like don't worry i've got a recipe for a pie and they like make a peach pie together sounds beautiful um yeah so they make this plan and then it's does this plan happen or does it not but i I won't spoil that but then we do have toby Maguire playing old young boy yeah old young boy (laughs) (laughs) Um, the look of confusion on your face (laughs) as you said that (laughs) Um, and he's become a baker who's famous for his peach pie. Do you know what? <laughs> what you've just described to me sounds like the naffest film. Honestly, it's not a good description because it's all of, it's so like low key. It's set over four days, the Labor Day weekend. Mm. 
Um, it all comes to a head by the end of Labor Day weekend. Um, but it's just, you've got two actors just playing it so well. It's like he very quickly wins everyone over. And I think he wins me, he won me over as a viewer as well. Because at the first, you're not sure how bad he is. Is he actually a murderer? Which, I so say, we, we find out if he is or he isn't. Um, but yeah, no, just a very, very well acted film really sort of subtle not over the top i don't think it's that long either i think it's under two hours but it's just a nice film with some nice characters a bit like little children which is why i like that just Mm. well-written characters well performed and just yeah like a pleasing pleasing storyline but i would happily recommend you spend your time on that especially as it's a netflix all right i'll give it a watch but it sounds naff um okay then moving on um just very very quickly tell us about it terry because i know you've seen them but you don't love them the divergent series yeah i think they're shit okay uh, moving on. kate then. is probably one of the better <laughs> bits in it i mean it goes something when a teen <clears throat> trilogy or whatever it, i think they were going for a quadrilogy mm. of it was a trilogy of books obviously because we had the hunger games they've actually shelved the fourth film that's how bad it's done Oh really? I didn't realise um, they'd done badly. So were they, they did. Were the, they out in the cinema? Yeah. So okay. It's the usual thing of they split the third book into two, mm. and the third film did so badly. There was there was talk of it being like a TV film, but all of the cast have said, "I'm so not it's fucking doing a TV Divergent, film." Divergent, Insurgent, and something else. I honestly have no recollection. Does it end in gent? Probably yes. Uh, insurgent maybe. Uh, Kate plays... No, that's the second one. Divergent, Insurgent and... Allegiant, sorry. Allegiant is the oh, other one. Oh, okay. Allegiant part one and two never to be seen. Uh, Kate plays like the villainess of the piece. Ooh. It's it's set in like a near future thing where people are given jobs based on their personality and there's only like five types of job. If uh, if I was given a job based on my personality, what would my job be? <sighs> Traffic warden. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're not very good. Even Gemma doesn't like the latter ones. She enjoys the first one. I've seen them all at the cinema and it's the only time I've willed death upon myself. <laughs> they were honestly that bad. Dearie me. So bad. And um, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on then. 2015, Steve Jobs. I haven't seen it. So I've seen it. Um, again, Kate playing a supporting character. She was Oscar nominated for this. So she plays Steve Jobs' assistant. <clears throat> so the film obviously follows the career of Steve Jobs the man who created Apple, um, played by Michael Fassbender. It follows four events. Is it Michael Fassbender playing Steve? Yeah. Well, bugger me, I didn't know that. He, it's a very good film. Seth Rogen's in it, and he's actually quite good. playing a ser- He plays one of the co-founders. Um, but basically, it's, I th- it's... Have you just cocked your leg up? <laughs> I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're giddy with the heat today. I can't unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> at least i'm not standing um <laughs> First so a fan, now i can't remember if it's three or four events but it's each time it's like him about to give a speech <laughs> so the first one is the first mac that's created which the mac actually doesn't work they've created a program on the mac that will show it working but it's not actually the mac working and then there's another one and each time it's like just following steve around behind the scenes of him about to do this thing it follows his personal life in one of them it's someone coming up saying this is your daughter he refuses to believe it's his daughter that's the one where kate's in it a lot because she basically sort of steps in and like looks after the little girl Mm. it's a very very good film it is very again like drama heavy it's just people in rooms talking Um, but i found it very very good um 
say worthy of an Oscar nomination for her. I don't think it was quite an Oscar win for her. I can't remember what she was up against. Uh, Patricia Arquette for Boyhood won that year. Uh, I've uh, not seen Boyhood either. That's three hours long. I've not oh. got the time. Do you know what I looked at the other day? Um, Cleopatra. That's like blooming six hours long. Or oh yeah, in it? the old days they were knocking them out three, four hours. Like Gone with the Wind, Ben Hur. All of that, that, the red shoes, which I've got and I've had for God knows how bloody long. It's still sealed with the sticker on it. I bought that at HMV and I've not worked there for five years <laughs> and I didn't buy it at the end. <laughs> well. But uh, Steve Jobs, very good. I would recommend. That was a nice quick sum up from Terry. Thanks very much. Um, has it got a happy ending? I don't know. I'm, I'm... <laughs> no, I don't think it does. Um, okay, then moving on to the dressmaker, 2015. I've seen this. I really like it. Um, I've, I surprisingly enjoyed it. Yeah. I had no idea what it was about. Jen wanted to watch it. I, I recommended enjoyed it. it to uh, someone. Um, Debbie was asking about films, um, Kate films, um, and I, I recommended this one as one of the newer ones, which I quite enjoyed. So, um, Kate plays Myrtle, but she goes by Tilly. Lovely name, Myrtle. I mean, <laughs> sorry if your name's Myrtle. Um, That's one for you. So lost. She. She returns to her rural Australian town that she grew up in to exact revenge on those who wronged her. She was accused of a murder which she doesn't remember committing. Um, it's a bit of a who done it, isn't it? Yeah, so she basically returns to reconnect with her mother who she's fallen out with, but also to sort of solve this mystery um, of her childhood. Um, and along the way, she dresses the ladies of the town because she's a dressmaker. Um, so she's been gone working um, in Paris for very famous designers mm. and stuff. And she brings this um, style to this like rural Australian town and an event, you know, and they you work through the movie and the story and um, to, to solve the mystery of what actually happened. And you and you find out what happens and you kind of think, well, well, that's it. Yeah. It's been solved. But actually, the film then carries on and, and takes a bit of time. I have to say, we were talking about this the other week when I said I'd seen two films where I thought the last third of the movie was like really good. Mm. It really picked up. And this was one of them. And I, what then happened in the last third of the film, I was not expecting at all. I don't know if I can remember past um, finding out what actually happened. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but the... The story, even if, if it ended when you find out what happened with regards to this murder from her childhood, it would still be quite an entertaining watch, I, find, I think, because of the way it looks. I mean, oh, sorry, I just hit the mic stand there. The, the town looks so shitty and grubby and poor, and then she comes along and just, like, glams it all yeah, up. paints it, it red. It just looks so strange do you like recall the, hugo weaving as like a yeah. police officer or so something hugo weaving's in it and there's a there's a really lovely scene with it. this is what i was saying to debbie there's a really lovely scene in it with hugo weaving um holding a bit of fabric and if that's not an homage to uh priscilla queen of the desert i don't know what is because it was ju it's just brilliant his character's fantastic it's got my favorite hemsworth in it liam um looking for so yeah now you remember liam and kate together i mean Oh my God, the children they would create. Um, <clears throat> quite a snazzy couple put together. And she actually makes a suit for him at one point, so he has to strip down to his pants, which... Um, Did you become unnecessary? <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> um, 
Um, I, I really, really like Dressmaker. Um, I meant to go and see it at the cinema. Um, it just wasn't on for very long and I missed yeah. it. But I think of, of her most recent films, um, I think it's it's really good. It's, no, I really, really liked it. It's it's grim and uplifting at the same time. And it looks incredible. The she dresses looks, she makes are beautiful. She looks amazing as well. The, I'd like to think Kate actually made them as well. Well, um, <laughs> she did actually learn to sew... Um, in preparation for this role and she did actually help to make her own outfit so there you go Terry mm. um, you like to think she made her own outfit she did actually help to do that so that's the dressmaker I liked it and I'd give it a watch um, so moving on to the following year then 2016 triple nine and I actually really really like this let's just get this out of the way first of all it comes in a black blu-ray case so that was always going to get a <laughs> thumbs up for me because it's not the typical blue um, but she plays a really different role and originally yeah, I picked this up is. I don't know why I picked this film. I think I probably saw it in Kex Cheap. Um, I possibly didn't even know Kate was in it. Um, where she plays um, a Russian mob head um, called I- Irina Vlaslov, I think. Um, and she basically blackmails a group of dirty cops to pull off a heist. Interestingly, Kate Blanchett was down for this role. She pulled out and Kate Winslet got it. So I think either or, really, yeah. for that one. But um, Quite a meaty role for a female. I... She's not unrecognisable in it, as in physically, but as in for the type of role it is. Yeah. I, w- I was really, really surprised um, that she she comes across as, you know, a Russian mob head. You know, you like if that was a guy playing that role, you're going to expect a complete nasty bastard. And I think you get exactly that with her as well. Yeah. I think she just plays it brilliantly. No, I, she is fantastic. I really, really enjoyed this movie. One of my colleagues saw it and she, she didn't like it... Um, at all I don't think and she said maybe she was just not in the right mood to watch it I thought it was okay but Um, I thought Kate was very good in it um, I thought it was better than okay I really really enjoyed it Um, I'd probably give it another look but then I like the um, you know the rest of the cast as well Mm. Um, yeah I think I I just remember being a little bit disappointed considering the cast Uh, in what way I just thought some of the other cast people didn't have a look because hasn't it got Daryl from The Walking Dead in it yeah, but uh, so. No, I just remember thinking like there wasn't a, like Kate had a lot to do and like she had a or she yeah. got her teeth into the role. I just felt like some of the others were like phoning it in a little bit. Whereas mm. I wasn't necessarily had I gone into expecting it, maybe I would have been alright. Maybe I went in with high expectation because I was actually looking forward to it. I'd been yeah. seeing the trailers, so maybe that's why I have a like. Whereas you yeah. went in blind. Yeah, I went in not knowing anything about it. Um, so then from the same year, we got Collateral Beauty, which is a film that I wanted to watch for quite a long time. Have you seen mm. it? No. Um, okay, so this is quite an interesting one. So I've watched quite a lot of films recently where um, I've probably been watching films differently than I have been because I think if something happens, like, you know, if you feel sad and you hear a sad song and it makes mm. you cry or you watch a sad scene in a movie and, it, you know, you might well up at something that you wouldn't normally if you're feeling a bit fragile... And if you go through something in your life and then you see it translated oh, yeah, for d- you like on the screen. Father-son, father-daughter stuff, exactly. children stuff. Exactly. I'm completely different to now. So, um, you know, I've just been watching films differently recently. And when I watched Collateral Beauty, which was a few weeks back, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I just found it... It probably hit a different nerve than it would if I was watching it at a different time. Yeah. Um... So, Collateral Beauty, although it's got Will Smith, um, I always thought he was the lead 
in this. I thought it was a that would Smith be film. my expectation. Yeah. Having seen the poster where his face is a million times bigger than so, everyone else's. Yeah, I, I would say he's definitely billed as the lead, but I would say that actually it's the other three. And oh my, Terry, do you can you just IMDb this quickly because I've forgotten yep. the name of one of the actors. So Will Smith plays Howard, um, and he suffers uh, a tragedy in his life, um, and three of his colleagues um three of his colleagues and friends so they've all worked together for a long time so they're all friends as well they basically stage an intervention so you've got kate who plays claire you've got edward norton and michael pena that's it or pena um they, simon they play the uh, three colleagues and friends who stage this intervention and really the story as far as i'm concerned the story is about them i'm not going to tell you what the intervention is and how how they do it because i thought i thought it was very cleverly done now i've read some scathing reviews of this yeah i've film. not heard very good things about I've, it at all i've seen loads of like one star reviews and people just saying it's so badly written poorly executed um you know how on earth did these people get together and make this film i i found it very charming and the the, the way the story i mean i i clocked what was happening straight away You've got to watch it and see the intervention happen, um, and then and then make your mind up about what's actually going on. And what a lot of people take from this film is is what I took from the film um, is that the inter the intervention is staged and that they're not they actually end up helping themselves. Right, yeah, okay. do you see what I mean? Like solve their own problems, but I won't tell you what their problems are, and I won't tell you what the intervention is. Um, because I think it's worth a watch, and I just thought it was quite a, an interesting take. Um, this isn't a 50p purchase. <gasps> no. You spent more than 50p? I did, because I really wanted to watch it. I think it was made like 150 or two quid. It wasn't loads. <laughs> I'll but, have um, a lend of it. I'm not buying it at that price. <clears throat> I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. Um, I didn't realize it had like, Ed Norton and stuff in it as well. Mm. And Helen Mirren, Kira Knightley. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, decent. And then moving on from that then to another one of her... Well, the most recent one that we're going to talk about, actually. The last one on the list. Um, from last year. Which possibly... Was it out of the cinema this year? The Mountain Between Us? I think it was possibly America last year here. Beginning of this, this year. year. Um, so you got Kate and Luther. Um, Idris. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> so Kate and Idris... Um, they're so they're not they're not together but um their their flights have got cancelled and they realize at the airport they're in the same situation have you seen it yeah um she um is a photojournalist he is a surgeon they're both desperate to get back to their destination so idris play uh, pays a pilot to get them to their connecting flight that plane crashes they're stranded on a mountain does it become alive the film um and they got to get back. So what I've written in my notes here is flight home cancelled. Idris pays pilots to get them to their connecting flight. Plane crashes. Dog survives. That's the most important thing. So <laughs> there is a dog on the plane, and it does survive. That's not a spoiler. That's just that's just like the best news ever. Because um, the whole way through, I was just like, this fucking dog dies. I'm not going to be able to handle it. Um, this was this is another one where the third act I thought got better. Mm -hmm. and I did actually watch this one with Dan from the Mother Pod. Um, and we both agreed that it, it kind of picks up at the end. We both thought that the ending would have been better so very slightly differently um, if you were left guessing what yeah. happened at the end, whereas there was 
quite an obvious Yeah, I ending, do like it when there's um, a bit of guesswork or a bit of three-fourth left I, I like either guesswork or a sad ending because I'm a dick like that. Occasionally there's a happy ending. So there was one... Um, Oh, I can't remember what it was now. There was one film where the guy got on the train at the end of the film and we were willing him to get oh, on the train. What was um, that? Oh, Christ. It was and really we were, recent, Yeah, wasn't we it? were both just kind of like, so oh, like, you my better God. get on that. I <laughs> thought he wasn't going to get on, on the train. train. Yeah, and that was a happy ending that Terry and I both enjoyed, oh, but generally... Oh, it's really going to fucking annoy me. We'll remember it later. Um, it's not relevant in any way, shape or form to what we're talking about. But I think, I was, is it Robert Carlyle? No. We saw it in the cinema thin, recently. Someone thin like that, though. Anyway, yeah. it's not relevant. It's not relevant. Um, it's not. Oh, it's hostiles. Yes. Yeah, it's Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, I told oh. you it was someone thin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not anyway, machinist thin. So, yeah, the end of hostiles has got you know it's a happy ending, and Terry and I were both whooping and cheering, and we're the yeah. happiest we've ever been. But that anyway, was a brutal two hours up to yeah. that point. Um, with that old couple sat next to as well, the old lady giving a blow by blow cow going, Oh, he shot a gun. Oh, it's oh, the horse. Fuck, yeah, I'd forgot about that. Terry's just like, Could you not internalise your fucking thoughts? Um, anyway, going back to the mountain material. Wasn't that also the safer where we heard that the Star Wars theme midway yeah. through a Western yeah, from the so other screening? The hostile starts. Hostiles is like a really quiet film when it starts off really peaceful. <laughs> the screen next door, Star Wars was on, and we just all heard the Star Wars. There was this like sweeping shot of planes, wasn't there, with horses trotting. I thought someone's phone was ringing. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone off topic there. Mountain Between Us. I quite enjoyed it. Again, it was another one that I wanted to see. Um, it's cheapish. It's not a 50p buy yet. You've got come that out. as well? Uh, yes. I'll have a lender that yeah. as well. Um, but the thing that put me off it, uh, when it came out, you know you know when they print like DVD sleeves and they put quotes and reviews on the sleeve? Oh, yeah. I hate it when they do that. Um, I really, really hate it when they do that. And um but what they put on the bottom of uh, the mountain between us, it just said "perfect date movie," and I was just like, "A plane crash!" I was thinking, "Fuck that!" Like that's put me off of it straight away. But because we were doing Kate, and I wanted to watch some, because I I realised I'd watched a lot of her early films and not so many of the later mm. ones, so I wanted to watch some of the later ones. And also because Dressmaker and Mountain Between Us, both films I meant to catch at the cinema, and I missed them because they just went on for very long. And it's got Luther in it. Yeah. Um. So. I yeah I liked Mountain Between Us I I think it's worth a watch so um, I wanted to see it I just wasn't fussed because from the trailer it seems like one of those trailers that gives everything away kind of films yeah maybe um, yeah, not that that's always bad but I thought it was okay and it kind of left you guessing so a, a few times I thought I knew what was happening mm. sorry a bit of gas there I thought I knew what had happened it's all going up tits up this week <laughs> I isn't know it? we're a shambles um yeah, a few times I thought I knew what was happening and actually just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. So <clears throat> It's always nice when that happens. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. So that brings us to the end, unless you've seen the film Wonder Wheel. I'd not even heard of it. Okay then. So Is it related to the Wonder Wall song by Oasis? No, Wheel, not Wall. Um but no, I imagine that it's not. So that brings us to the end of our Kate Athon. Uh, so we've recorded this a little bit um, back to front um, because we recorded both parts back to back. Um, and so we haven't done a weekly roundup at the start of the episode. So we're going to do a weekly roundup now, aren't we? Yeah, we can do. Shall we? Before we we don't pull a thing out of the hat. Yeah, shall we? Because we've got a special event this 
event today. Uh, weekly roundup. Did we go to the cinema together this week? We did indeed. We saw Sicario 2, oh, yeah. Day of Soldado. <laughs> this looking so confused. Like, I don't remember going to the cinema. Why That's, don't, why there's don't a reason I you don't remember. So this film started about quarter to nine. <laughs> I looked over to Sonia about <laughs> ten past nine. Both eyes shut and she was doing the old slow head roll down to her shoulder. <laughs> she then rocked herself awake, <laughs> but immediately fell back to sleep again. And I would point out that although this film, for the most part, is quite, again, like we talked about with Justin, it's quite quiet. There's not a lot of background noise. There's not a lot of music. It is punctuated with three, maybe four, quite hectic, quite loud gun battles. Sonia successfully <laughs> slept through at least one of these gun battles where because it's so quiet normally, the volume of the gunshots, not quite as bad as Dunkirk, oh. but it was very short. Oh my God, there's a gun. There's a gun. At one point, yeah, I did feel like my uh, seat was vibrating in one of the gunfights um, yeah. because it was quite basic. But you are talking to someone who listens to like Lamb of God to help them nod <laughs> off. So me sleeping for a gun battle is like not unusual. Can I just point out though, it's not a reflection of um, what I thought of Sicario 2. It's a reflection of me not going to bed at a sensible hour um, for the last, the for the last sort of like six months. So, um, Which is not changing tonight. Um, so yeah, it's not a reflection on film. I did watch Sicario 1 before I went um, to try and get the gist. I don't think I, it was necessary. I don't think it was necessary either. It's just two um, characters, really. <clears throat> yeah, basically two returning, returning characters. So Terry, why don't you tell the <laughs> listeners about Sicario 2 and I'll, I'll maybe try and take something from it. Yeah, so Sicario 2 is a it is a follow-on from the first bit I say. It is basically Josh Brolin's character, who essentially not is... Not James Brolin. No, not James. It's definitely Josh this time. Uh, he's a bit of a... I think he does technically work for the government, but he's a bit of a mercenary. He does things that people wouldn't necessarily be allowed to do. So it opens with some people crossing the border from Mexico into Texas... And then they go on to become suicide bombers. So the government is very nervous about this because it seems like the cartels are now working with terrorists to get them in the country. Cuts to Josh Brolin interrogating someone. And he says to the guy, we're in Africa. I can do what I want. We're not in America. And he proceeds to bomb the houses of the man's family until he gives him the information he wants and makes him watch on a satellite feed. Setting up that he's not a very nice man and will do what he has to do to win. So he's then hired to essentially start a war with the drug cartels so that we can, or so that America can take over Mexico a bit easier and try and stop these terrorists getting across the border that way. Because obviously they've stopped them getting in the normal ways on planes and stuff with all bans and checks and stuff. Um, so they happen upon, they, they kill someone, they kill a lawyer of one cartel and blame the other cartel and then they kidnap the daughter of the head of one cartel who is... Ben oh, that's who she was. <clears throat> yeah, so Benicio Del Toro's character, who is what, the other returning character from the first film. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice got funny there. So his family were murdered by the Reyes cartel, and that's why he became a Sicario. Uh, he was basically turned into this killing machine based on the fact that his wife and daughter had been murdered by the Reyes cartel. So he's loving the opportunity to fuck up their shit. So they kidnap the daughter and this is the first of our epic gun battles and it really is very brutal very you're seeing like the best of american military it's one of those things that in every film where the bad guys fire 15 shots and the good guys fire one shot but in this you can see why because they are a very good military unit they're not just pot shot and they're taking their time 
Uh, so they kidnap this girl, they take her back to America, and then the whole plan is that they will then take her back to Mexico and they will basically find Reyes, the head of the cartel, via this method. When they try and take her back to Mexico, however, the Mexican police try and steal her for themselves because they're working for another cartel and they want her as a pawn against Reyes. And it basically all goes to shit from there. And it very much differentiates from the trailers that I've seen up to that point. So the trailers just make it out like, oh yeah, we're going to start a war, we're going to start a war. At that sort of midway point, it becomes a very different film with Josh Brolin and his team getting the hell out of Mexico quickly and Benicio Del Toro ending up with the little girl in the Mexican desert trying to save her. Um, And it just sort of follows that. And there's obviously the very obvious thing of he had a daughter that died. He's got a young girl that he's got to save and he's going against orders and stuff like that. Um, Wasn't a brilliant film. I think the highlight was the gun battles. I think they were very well done. I think some of the character stuff was a bit right on. I mean, there's a bit where they meet a deaf man and Benicio Del Toro's character can speak sign language and it's because his daughter was deaf and I didn't really feel like that was necessary. Do you say you speak sign language? He knows sign language. He communicates with a deaf man using his hands. Um, Because they didn't actually speak. No, they didn't speak. He tried to speak, but it didn't work for him. Um, So, yeah, so... I think sign language is amazing. Can I just like go off a tangent here? I'd love to be able to do it. Um, Someone posted a video recently of someone... It might have even been Lamb of God or... Some other band. Oh yeah, the someone signing it. At the, and she's in having a lovely stage. time. It was awesome, so good. But yeah, the only thing I know play. is bullshit. Everyone knows bullshit. <laughs> um, but fair play to anyone who um, can sign, who mm. who isn't deaf, who yeah. does it to, to communicate. Jem can that... do Makaton, which is like a child's version yeah, of sign. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think she's shown me some stuff before, but mm. of course, you know, I've got brain like a goldfish, so I forgot it straight away um apart from bullshit which she didn't teach yeah. me um but yeah fair play to anyone but anyway moving on no it, it was a perfectly decent film the plot seems a bit odd because it's backwards and forwards from mexico to america it's like what do they really want to achieve it got very right on towards the end there was qu- the ending was left quite open which i kind of liked apparently this is the second part of the trilogy and there is a planned third film because when it got announced that there was Sicario 2, it was a bit like, how are you making a sequel out of that? But it is a very different film. You know the, ki- you know the kid at the end where he's all done up like a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's he supposed to be done up like? So I think he's just... Because his cousin was... Inf- so we also follow a young boy whose cousin is like trying to get him to become a mule, getting people across the border because mm. his cousin has the American passport. Um, and th- things happen. And at the end of it, he's all like tatted up and he's... I think he's basically just become a runner for the cartel. It's just showing yeah, that... Yeah, and he's he, he thinks he's like the big... Yeah, he's I walking am, around swinging his bollocks. So he's, you know, he's got all the tattoos on his face and he's got all the... The grease back hair. The grease back hair and the sort of clothes and everything. Didn't you think he was walking like he'd shit himself? That's how they walk. Oh. I mean, I'd shit myself if I opened the door and saw Benicio Del Toro behind it. Especially if you thought he was dead. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was okay. I had a nice sleepy. I did say to the guys, uh, because it was Terry and I and uh, Dan from the Mother Pod, um, and a member of the Theatrical Cut fan club came with us, didn't they? They did. Um, I don't think I'll bother going to watch it again. Oh, no. Um, It's a one-watcher. I slept... Well, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, I slept through about 90% of it. I'm not fussed about going to see it again. Um, No. Not as good as the first one. 
Um, so besides that, um, the only other thing, well, I've been binge watching Brooklyn Nine Nine because I fucking love that show. My God, I've been home alone this week, um, and I've been lolling heartily at that. Um, and I watched the film Don't Breathe last night. Um, yeah, we've already spoken about how that gets weird. Um, yeah, that took a turn towards the end, um, which Very I wasn't good expecting. Film, yeah I, I quite enjoyed that I thought it was good I tried to then watch the uh, blur 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 something experiment blend Belco Belco um, but I fell asleep I enjoyed that it was about 3 o'clock basically battle royale in an office so what I was trying to do was stay awake as late as possible last night so that I could sleep during the day um, but it didn't it didn't work because I just, I just kept falling asleep um, and the reason I was trying to stay awake in the night and sleep through the day so um, I'll just say I haven't finished my weekly roundup with Carrie. Oh, sorry, Terry. Have you said you hadn't watched anything? I've watched a couple of bits. We talked about two of them. <laughs> well, I, I was distracted because you draped yourself over the fan. <laughs> there was a meaty mist in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's possibly my favourite sentence I've ever heard. A meaty mist in the room. Being per- perforated around by the fan. It was like someone throwing chopped pork around <laughs> <laughs> mince meat you know you can buy those packets of meat that it's just like it is basically just like chopped up bits of meat but I think it's just like the floor sweepings awful no not awful um <clears throat> sausages what's it, what's it called <laughs> hoofs and entrails yeah um oh what's it called like not ham hock that's uh that's a face Entrails? No, just anyway, it's just like basically like they get these packets of meat and it's just up like it's literally like just like the sweepings and they put them in and and anyway that's what it was like when you were cooling yourself down on the fan. Bag I of could, pork scratching. I could just smell meat. Um, sorry, Terry hasn't finished his weekly roundup. Excuse me. For once, Terry's done more in a week than I have. On you go. I've watched a lot last week as well. Thank you very much. Uh, so I rewatched Freddy vs Jason, which is one of my guilty pleasures. It's shit, but I love it so. Uh, <laughs> but I love it so. I mean, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees in the same film. Lots and lots of blood. Uh, I watched a Netflix original called Tau. Ta- ta- I'm not sure. Tau. T-A-U, yeah. which only went on Netflix. Just so it happened to pop up as I was looking for something to watch. It's one of their like, featured ones. Yeah, it? so it's Ed Screen plays like a... Um, I guess software developer for want of a better word developer developer and he kidnaps the main girl whose name I can't remember but she's the lead from It Follows uh, and imprisons her and basically she breaks out of the prison and then he rather than killing her keeps her because he basically wants her to complete puzzles and it's all part of we never see the puzzles actually it's all part of his development and then Tao is the name of like the house system it's built into everything and it also has like a physical robot form and that's voiced by Gary Oldman um, and basically she becomes friends with it and teaches it things and there's a bit of a friendship and then it all goes a, a bit skew with towards the end it was okay wasn't brilliant and then my favourite film that I've watched recently is Nightmares in a Damaged Brain which was another recommend from the Arrow podcast based on the burning and it's a very very weird slasher film uh, it's really strange as well in that the sound is really, really quiet any time there's talking. And I swear to God they ramp it up when there's screaming because I was, because Daisy was in the next room sleeping. I was constantly turning it up and down as there what was... What was this? 
nightmares in a damaged brain. It comes oh, yeah. up on something as a nightmare. Okay. Or nightmares. But it's basically there's a guy in a mental institution who has dreams of murdering someone and we're not sure if it actually is real um but he's like in the person he's in the body of a young boy with an axe murdering a couple having sex on a bed um beautiful beautiful like real effects like wax heads with axes going through them blood spurting everywhere um and it basically he gets released and he's on medication and it follows him and also follows this family where the little boy is an absolute shitbag he pretends to be stabbed at one point where like covered in blood and he pretends to die in front of his mum but it was just really really good it's very creepy very eerie the back of the cover and the people on the Arrow podcast talked about the twist that they weren't going to spoil it wasn't for me it wasn't a twist it was an obvious thing okay Um, so it's one of those things where when people say there's a twist you're watching it so I came up with all sorts of scenarios that were going to be this twist and then the twist happened and I was like Oh, that, I just thought that. Maybe, that wasn't even um, me thinking about a twist. Yeah, maybe because you were told there was a Possibly, twist. Possibly, yeah. but I would say there isn't a twist and just enjoy it as a film as it is. But mm. it was very, very good. It's it's uh, from this 80s. It's on Blu-ray. Again, it's 88 films. So it's in a lovely red case. Mm. And as they said on the Arrow Film Podcast, they've cleaned it up, but not completely. So it still has like, that dirty, gritty, like, video nasties. Apparently, the... Pr- the uh, distributors in the UK of this film were actually imprisoned for distributing it uncut. It was I seen as see that film. bad. Um, as I say that it's just f- for today's audience, it's nothing. It's like heads being lopped off, mm. um, axes going into arms and heads and stuff like that. It didn't sort of shock me in any way, but I can s- I can foresee why they did in the early eighties. But yeah, literal imprisonment for showing it uncut. Seems a bit harsh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's what that's what I've been watching this week. Is that the end of your weekly roundup? That is, you can talk about this evening that we're very excited for. Are we? Because we're both. <laughs> we're I'm still both excited. On the, both on the uh, edge of sleep here. Um, we are going to. So we're not going to pull another topic. That we've done the catathon. Kate is done, dusted. If you've got any feedback of what what we've talked about or what what we should watch that we haven't talked about, because anything we didn't see, we didn't talk about. Um, but we're not going to pull, pull a subject out of the hat this week because next week's episode, we're going to be talking about... The man, the legend. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnie, baby. Yeah. Tonight, Terry and I are off to an Arnie all-nighter. Uh, our favourite cinema. Prince yeah, Charles. So I've just put, so Terry's, Terry's got the round-up for you of what we're going to see. So we do talk about the Prince Charles a lot and I don't think we've ever explained fully how amazing the Prince Charles is. So it's a cinema in Leicester Square and it does do normal films, like one-off screenings, but it also does marathons, which is what we go to most. And vintage screenings. So we saw on one day seven and 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was a lovely day. But yeah, so we're going to an army... A lovely day, which we didn't see because we were sat in a dark Oh yeah, because we were sat inside. But we've also seen like the Matrix trilogy, the Jurassic Park trilogy, the Mad Max... Quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Um... What else have we seen? A horror marathon. Oh, we did the Lord of the Rings. Extended. The Lord of the Rings that extended. That was amazing. Eleven till eleven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were great. So they do like double bills of films, and that's also where Sonya saw the Stranger film, Stranger Things film. So they do sort of things that are directly linked and things that are roughly linked. And they've also we saw add- Bill and Ted last week as well. Yeah, without me. And they've also now added a mystery overnight screening, which me and Sonia are debating about because it could be shit. And an arrow all nighter. Yeah, which um, we are definitely considering. Um, so tonight we shall be seeing Conan the Barbarian, Predator, Total Recall, The Running Man, Commando, 
Terminator and Terminator 2. Magic. All for the price of one ticket. Have you seen all of those? I've seen all the films, but I've only seen T2 at the cinema previously. I have not seen Conan the Barbarian or The Running Man. What are some, what's your bets that they're the two films I fall asleep during? Well, Conan's first, so we'll probably be right. Running um, Man's, you've met me. The Running Man starts at 3.30 Oh, God, we're fucked. What's the beep? What's that? That's not the laptop, is it? No. Have you got, oh, a, you got a wash on? Machine. Right, yeah. We've got a wash on, it's all right. <laughs> the world is not about to end. Um, <laughs> it's the towels. <laughs> so I love all those films. My favourite amongst them is probably Commando, just because it is so OTT shit. Mm. And I can't wa- I'm hoping it's like a proper grainy version as yeah. well. I don't want like no tidy, cleaned up versions. Yeah, I like that as well. Um, I imagine T2 is probably going to be quite clean because it's quite new well, and it's been out recently. Did you watch um, it recently? Did we watch it together? Yeah, we went to the because they've, they've remastered it, haven't I they? And they 3 d it. I was having a conversation with someone about this, actually. So, with the subjects in the hat, we, we've we put the lion's share of the subjects in the hat ourselves. And we've asked people to give us subjects to put in the hat. And actually, two people asked us to put Arnie in the hat. Oh, did they now? Yes. So... Um, hopefully we'll get feedback from both of them. Um, I'm expecting feedback from one, but not the other. So one was my TNT driver who asked for it to go <laughs> in the hat. Um, and the other one was my boss. So, cause I then had to put it in the hat. So, um, Rob asked for it to go in the hat, but I, I obviously told them it was already in the hat, but, um, those two did specifically request that we spoke about Arnie. So hopefully we'll be hearing about some of their favorite films and some of their favorite quotes as well. But next week, we will be uh, recording our episode and talking about the marathon and yeah, any other... those seven films. Specifically, and then any others that we've seen. But um, can I just backtrack a little bit about Prince Charles? Of course you may. <clears throat> Cinema, not the man. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? You start talking, so about, talking about Prince him and his Charles. Dutchy biscuits. <laughs> um... Someone was asking me about Prince Charles Cinema the other day and I said it's um, a cinema for movie fans run by movie fans. Yes, 100%. Um, I absolutely love the atmosphere there. Um, you, you you go there and you're, you're sat in a screen and you are surrounded by like-minded people who are there to enjoy a film. There's nobody there fucking around on their phones. No. There's nobody there rustling you've jinxed us for tonight now though and you with, there's nobody rustling bloody sweet packets there's nobody talking um just everyone is respectful of where they are and and what they're watching um and especially with the movie marathons because you're kind of like making a sort of quite a big time investment to do that and, ov- and most of the ones that we've seen have been overnight yeah it's um, only, i'm pretty I sure we saw one in the day mad max i think was during the day um and um, Lord of the Rings was eleven to eleven a.m. eleven a.m. to eleven p.m. Um, but it's just such a, it's just such a great atmosphere there, and I really would recommend anyone who it's it's definitely like worth worth the trip if you yeah because they do you get I mean, to we've see seen... films at the cinema that you you might have missed. So the day that we saw uh, two thousand and one, so basically because we both got lifetime memberships and you get a couple of free tickets with that. Um, and we decided to go and see 2001 yeah, a space I wanted to see it on the 70mm yeah so that was a 70mm presentation so it's whatever they get their hands on basically they'll show um, and I'd never seen it before and I was so pleased that I got to see it for the first time in that setting so on a big screen because the, the, the image and the sound together oh, the sound has amazing. to be seen I mean I don't think I'll ever watch that film again on a TV screen yeah. um, 
but watching it for the first time on a cinema screen was amazing but because then literally just a short short while afterwards we had about a half hour break and they were also playing seven which is one of my all-time favorite films which, but i'd never seen it at the cinema so we then got to watch that straight after as well so it's great to sort of like revisit and like bill and ted i've seen i probably saw bill and ted at the cinema but i'd never seen bogus journey at the cinema getting to re-watch the lord of the rings i mean for me it was the, the first time we went was the crow yeah which the crow is up there it's one of my favorite films ever and i've watched it God knows how many times, but seeing it on a cinema screen, exactly. I saw things I'd never seen. I say I've watched it countless amount of times on Blu-ray on a mm. massive screen. The soundtrack was just so much better, and it was even though it was still like a grainy version it was a, of the it film, was a really shitty version of the film. Yeah, but, but it still looked amazing. Yeah, it, it it's all part I of it. Like seeing those, it yeah, seeing like those that. little lines. It was all scratchy. At first, and stuff. I was a bit like, "Oh no!" But then you just, "Oh yeah." It's just. It's like listening to a record, and you can hear the crackling. Yeah. But for me, not being an audiophile, watching. A movie where it's all scratchy is much better but the same thing when we went to the Mad Max now you only have to know me for about 10 minutes to know that I'm slightly obsessed with Mad Max but I'd never seen any of the original three at the cinema yeah um, and so that was amazing yeah because they have all they say they do their math and they have seasons so they have like a I think they had a Christopher Nolan season recently where they don't do necessarily back to back but they'll show a film every day for or once a week, and yeah. they'll go through the entire catalogue of certain people. They do sing-alongs and quote-alongs Yeah, there's a stuff. Disney marathon coming up. They have, like, dress-ups for Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. and Labyrinth Masquerade Balls. Uh, and downstairs by the bar, there's a big chalkboard where you can, like, write your requests mm. and they actually do take stuff off of there to, like, put them together. I, every time we go in there, I write Romero Trilogy of the Dead. But then I did actually speak to them after Romero died, saying, will you now do the trilogy? And they said they want to, but they have trouble getting the rights. Apparently different people own each film, yeah. and it's hard for them to put it together That's as a thing. That's the thing, thing. Is them, they, they've got to try and get hold of these films to be able to show them. Um, and I, I believe, I might be uh, wrong in this, but I think with these independent cinemas where they're sort of playing these older things, is they might sort of like borrow and lend films yeah. so I think they're they like might... twinned with the cinema up north yeah so, so they might have a copy of a film for a couple of months and so they'll show it like mm. you know maybe once a week for a couple of months but then the film will go then go off to another cinema to be used because yeah. it's um, and it, it's just really nice just to be able to watch these it's nice following their Twitter feeds well, and on Facebook because they post pictures of like the actual films and the actual reels and I, I find that quite nice we to should look at. Sh- we should maybe share some of our survivor pictures yeah that we've done um, so if we make it all the way to the end of Terminator 2 we'll be in the survivor picture for Arnie yep. Um but, so, but yeah that's what we're doing tonight Terry's got a bag full of um, coffee and Pro Plus um, and I've told him because he was just like I'm going to slip a Pro Plus in your well, coffee I didn't say I was I'm going to say on air on air on recorded that stuff actually gives me the shit <laughs> right we'll have a we'll have a will from the in-betweeners moment if you give me any pro plus so if you hear stories about someone soiling themselves at the Prince Charles Cinema Terry's giving me a pro plus I mean plus. the chances of me having it are very slim so I've been like caffeine free because obviously nothing's technically caffeine free mm. since before days of once for about two years so the fact I probably won't take a solid caffeine pill but I am contemplating taking a having a real coffee mm. just to see I'm just scared it'll give me a banging headache, but I have got paracetamol and ibuprofen as well. Oh, so I could, I could take the laxative and a stool softener at the same time. <laughs> stool hard. I was going to say, don't do that. I'm going to have a tidal wave of shit oh, in that warm room. Oh my God. Oh, just imagine it. It'd just be a fine mist. <laughs> um, oh. That might be a good place to end, do you think? I'll oh, do the social media stuff. 
Uh, what's our email address? Our email address is theatricalcut at gmail.com. If you would like to uh, say anything to us, yeah, t- make tell suggestions. Us about you. I mean, I feel like for Arnie, we're going to have like maybe top five films. I personally probably <laughs> I'd probably want to get like a top five quotes. Yeah, we'd like to hear your favorite action scenes, favorite Arnie quotes, um, your favorite films. If you want to get in touch with, tell us shit films, maybe. Yeah. Um, Just everything. Any anything you want to talk about? Maybe Arnie. you want to talk about his. Uh, how he got on as the governor of California and his... Uh... We might not talk about that. <laughs> um, anything that you want to send us, it could be about um, previous episodes, stuff that you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. Someone asked us the other day about if yeah, we I would consider that. giving um, reviews on films. If so- Someone said if they gave us a list of films that they're thinking about watching, could we give our reviews on them so they knew whether or not to waste their time? Um, it's a lot glad- of responsibility, that. We'll gladly do that. Um yeah, any anything you want to say, really. But there's also the social media stuff if you want to interact with us. It is Theatrical Cut... Pod theatrical at Instagram. Cut, theatrical Cut Pod on Instagram. Terry's Prefax. I am Mallory underscore watches. And Twitter, Twitter is, is Theatrical Cut. Cut. Bloody hell. Theatrical Cut on the Twitter. Terry's also Prefax. And I am Bloody Mallory. And that's it. What about too much time on our hands? T-M-T-O-O-H on Instagram. 2-M-T-O-O-H on the Twitter. They're the mother pod. You can also find them on Facebook if you'd like. We don't faff with Facebook. If you want to um, interact with us on Facebook, you can go via the too much time on our hands. Um, They've been doing some interesting stuff recently, haven't they? They've done that. Star Wars. Star Wars. So yeah, we did say right at the start when we started this uh, podcast that uh, the Marvel Universe and Star Wars was their was their thing. So if you want to hear um, grown men uh, fangirling over Star Wars, I wondered what you were going to say. You said a fangirl. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> um, then then head over their way and give that a listen. They also talk Dan's about games. Just gets bigger and they bigger also talk about bigger. games as well, don't they? Which Terry and I don't understand. No. If, you, if you like games, give them a listen. I haven't played a game since the PS One properly. Good lord! I had a PS Two, but I just it peaked at Crash Bandicoot for me. Well, they should get you on as a guest. <laughs> Retro game. Even I'm more up Duck to date. Hunt on the NES. <laughs> that was a game. More up to date on my games than you. Um, anyway. That's it. We're done. Thanks for listening. We're about to go and get ready for Arnie Fest. We're off to Londinium. And we'll uh, see you in a few. Catch you later. Mike, drop.